What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. Before we get into it, do not forget right now, 50% off absolutely everything in the Bloke store. We're talking about jerseys. If they're still there, if they're still available, they may have already sold out. DMP shirts. Uh, so make sure to go to bloke.shop. It's 50% off absolutely everything. Um, t- once it's gone, sale ends. Boom, gone. Gonskis. The last sale we did, we've only done one in our history. One in our history. It sold... It was our biggest sale ever, biggest sale ever. Uh, so make sure to be there on, or well, make sure to go now because it's already live uh, on bloke.shop because once it is gone, the 50% sale is over. And as you know, we've only ever done one in our history. So we do not do these often. We do not do these often. Just a bloke in a bar. Got the big fella, Phoenix Crossland here. How you going, brother? Good, man. Thanks for having me, boys. Really happy to be here. Mate, it's, uh, mate, it's great to have you here. It's great to have you here after the year you had uh, because it's, I, I don't know exactly the feeling, but I, I understand the feeling of, you know, you're, you're trying to break into first grade, trying to break into first grade. And then you have this year where kind of everyone, I guess, stands up and takes notice of whatever you're doing. And it's almost like a bit surreal, the feeling. What, what's the year been like for you? Bro, exactly that. Mm. Um, if you told me at the start of the year, this would have sort of happened and I would have had the year I did, I probably wouldn't believe you mm. because although I, you know, always have the dream and, mm. um, you know, work really hard to get there, um, you probably couldn't have read a fucking better script than mm. the end of the year, 10 wins in a row and um, been in a few conversations throughout footy, man. I was just sort of soaking it up and um, bro, I really loved it. Eh? It was time of my life. Mate, it's, uh, and to think that like you would go for it because, I mean, and we'll get into your journey, but uh, you were quite a highly touted seven coming through the ranks or half. And then to think that it would all happen at hooker, is that surprising to you or just, you just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is, man. But um, you know, in saying that, I always had, um, Beds used to always say to me, because I remember when I first broke into first grade, I was sort of in the 14 role and, um, you know, playing a bit of nine and Beds used to always come up to me and say, you know, I used to play halfback and I ended up being a hooker and I'm going, oh, I don't think I'll be a hooker, man. Like I don't, yeah. that's not me. But um, looking back now, I think, as you said, playing seven growing up, I reckon that's helped me heaps and obviously mm. Beds is still there with me now and um, yeah, loving the nine. And you, you know how much sevens are stinging for the ball as well. You can look up and be like, you know what? I've been there before. Yeah. It's not giving me the fucking ball. Give me the pill. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. You sort of know when they need it, especially Jacko is very uh, dominant and always wanting the ball. And then um, KP on the left edge too. Like I sort of know um, through training as well, who needs it and what they're looking at. So it's probably helped me a bit too. Yeah. I and this, this season, uh, I mean, we have to go through it. Uh, what a ride. Like to experience, like to hear someone like Joey say, I've never, like I, the last time I can kind of remember Newcastle being like this is obviously when they won the GF. To hear a guy like Joey say that, like how fortunate to be able to experience something like that up in Newcastle. Bro, that was, some of the comments Joey made throughout the year when we are um, going well, man, it's like, if he's saying that, mm. he's the king of Newcastle. And if he's saying, um, you know, when Dom was running down that wing and he, and he was at the game and then he, he watched the video back and he said, he's never seen anything like that at, at a stadium. Um, at a Newcastle stadium mm. to be a part of that man and be on the field when that happened and then hear one of the greats of our club say that it was uh, a moment I'll never forget and I know Joey loves the Knights and, and mm. we love Joey so um, I really yeah Joey's got our back and we got his too so it's been good so Joey, Joey's a bit of a he loves a bit of a surf do you enjoy a bit of a surf yourself or it's just the hair full it's just all for fucking nah, surf. Yeah, you surf nah, okay I don't I don't I don't, I, don't. <laughs> I tell people I do but because it looks a bit weird with this hair if I don't surf so no i don't <laughs> no nah, yeah are you an, like an active bloke like you go outdoors a lot and that Has yeah you, yeah always at the beach i just don't yeah. i never got into surfing man like i really yeah like none of me mates 
all my mates look like me. We've got long blonde hair, but none of us surf, man. Like, <laughs> really? it's, yeah, it's the weirdest thing ever. We're at the, we're like the beach heaps and um, now we, we play a bit of tennis and that. And it's yeah. We've got a tennis court down the beach and that. So It's fun, funnily enough, when I was growing up, when people heard you from the Goldie, they'd be like, oh, you're surf. Well, obviously not me. <laughs> yeah. Don't really look like a surfer. Yeah. Um, but, they were, you know, you'd almost be ashamed to not surf because you're yeah. like, I've got all these beaches and I don't even know how to freaking surf. That's kind of like Nui, man. Like everyone everyone asks me, do you surf? And <laughs> if you go on the streets and you see someone that wants to go for a surf, like come for a surf, I'm going, yeah, bro, let's do it. And then I just never talk to them again because I can't. <laughs> so, oh, that's a yeah. um, and, and so growing up, was it always rugby league? Was it soccer? Was it in other sports or...? It was always footy, man. I, I um, you know, it's Oztag and stuff that, and touch footy, but I never played like anything else like properly. Um, rugby league was sort of, I started playing when I was seven and mm. um, I loved it. And my mum got me into it because I had one year of soccer when I was six and I just hated it, man. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I sucked at it. <laughs> um, couldn't get into it. And then turned seven, played my first game of footy and I never looked back, man. I love it. So just loved it. Yeah. And then in the summer it was Oztag and mm. um, touch footy and that. So I was always sort of had a ball in my hand and, um, but yeah, it was always rugby league. Now it says you were born in Wellington, New Zealand. How many years did you spend in New Zealand? I spent four years there. Four years yeah. there. Do you yeah. used to consider yourself a Kiwi or an Australian? Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm a Kiwi. My whole yeah. family are Kiwi, so um, if they're watching this, I'd hate if I said I'm an Aussie. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I grew up here, so yeah. For us, like I'm fifty fifty, honestly. Like yeah, I, yeah. I'm a Kiwi. My blood's Kiwi, but. Um, I grew up here. I've got the Aussie accent, mm. the, way I, the way I live and, um, you know, it's all Australian and I love it here. So yeah. um, if there was a way to be both, then I think I'm probably that. Well, it, that's the interesting thing about Australia. Obviously, you know, we've got our Indigenous population who are, you know, the Indigenous people of the country. Yeah. But outside of that, it's so multicultural yeah. that most people have some kind of heritage that begins somewhere else. Yeah. So it is this really interesting dynamic where you love Australia because you know, it's a great country. You've got everything that you've got from Australia, but at the same time, you've got your bloodline yeah. as well. So it's yeah. just a unique situation, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. Like the, it, my blood is Kiwi, and then mm. like culturally and the way I live, like yeah. I'm Australian. Mm. But um, yeah, well, my whole family's Kiwi, so they kill me if I even said that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming then you you'll play for the Kiwis if you do want to play for you know if you sorry if you are to be selected, you would hope it'd be for the Kiwis. Um, I don't know, man. It's a decision I haven't really made yet, but, um, you know, having a few phone calls with Madge and, and that, it was sort of, he made me really want to play for the Kiwis. Mm. Um, and then obviously got injured, so I couldn't, I didn't have to make the decision, but bro, to pull on a Kiwis jersey and, um, represent the place I come from and more importantly, my family mm. and the group of boys I have too, like they got a great team. And then I'm obviously really close with Leo Thompson too, and mm. having some conversations with him at training about what it means to him yeah um it's on it's obviously something to be really honored to do hopefully one day mm. but i haven't made that decision yet so yeah. but it's pretty cool i can play for australia or all new zealand so Mate, it's uh very lucky as i said it's australia is in that unique position where it's so multicultural that yeah you have so many people with different heritage my yeah. uh, grandfather's actually half chinese oh really yeah china's no, a rugby no. league team <laughs> um so trying <China, laughs> to reach out yeah. reach out no, no. Coach. <laughs> could you imagine the China. <laughs> There's heaps of teams. I've got Bro, like multi teams. Me and Brian Toto. Yeah. Me and Brian Toto representing China. Yeah. That's a great team. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it is, as I said, with Australia, it is interesting because it's so multicultural that they're always going to be, you know, heritage from other countries. Um, seeing, as you said, you haven't made the decision yet. Um, and it, it's it's understandable that you haven't because it is such a momentous decision. And also, it is a unique position. Come here when you're four years old, essentially. 
you know, you've lived here for so long, but at the same time, the bloodlines. But seeing the Kiwis do what they did, I'm sure that was like, bro, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that was, um, I was down at the pub having a few beers and um, was watching the game, man. And yeah, it was crazy like that. Yeah, as you said, that sort of makes you want to play for the Kiwis when you know they, they can do that. So mm. um, I was really happy for him. More importantly, I was really happy for um, Brown. Mm. He was at the Knights and then obviously Leo as well. They're my two good mates. And Leo especially, who I know is, you know, he's very raw to rugby league, played union growing up. He's a he's a full-blown, you know, he's mouldy and, and he just loves it, man, the whole year. All, all he talked about was just wanting to play for the Kiwis. To see him do that, to mm. win it. I was so happy for him, man, and yeah. So Leo Thompson's played Union or growing up? Yeah, he's full Union. His brother plays um, for the Chiefs, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, I think he came over and went to Canberra when he was like 19 or something. And that was his first time playing league. So yeah, well, how old he's is he so now? Raw. He's 21, uh, 22. Wow. 22, yeah. That's, that's I guess, yeah. obviously I thought he was a really good player, but yeah. the, his potential now, it almost changes the whole outlook. Yeah. And he's so raw, man. That's why he's, I reckon that's why he's so good. Because <clears throat> he's not, he hasn't grown up with all the, the structures and yeah. this is how you have to play if you want to play front row. He does mm. what he wants, man. Yeah. And what he, do, what he wants to do is pretty good. So, yeah, yeah, pretty bloody um, good. It's really good to play with him. How, how's it been watching him go from edge back rower essentially into the front row? Have you enjoyed it? Because obviously you're in the, in yeah. the pack with him. Yeah, I'll just hide behind him. He's, uh, <laughs> he's massive, he's like 110 kilos and... Runs like a truck, so I've been yeah. loving watching him play. And he's, yeah, as I say, he's one of my good mates in the team, same age. And yeah. um, we've got a lot in common, me and Leo. So I've been really loving pulling the jersey on with him. So did you ever consider playing Union? Because obviously Kiwi blood and, you know, Union's big in, um, obviously, in New Zealand. Yeah. Nah, well, man, really. I never, I never, I never wanted, I don't like Union, eh? Yeah. It's not my thing. I don't understand the game. Like, yeah. obviously, I watched the World Cup when the, the All Blacks played, but, um, Bro, growing up, my uncles are always telling me to play union, but it was never like it was never for me. Like I never, as I said, I never liked it. But mm. my whole family, like I got like my mum's side, my mum's uncle's the only one in my family that ever played league. Everyone else was union. Oh really? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know how I sort of, I don't know why mum put me in the league, but no, I never played union. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. You think you did at least dabble in it, but yeah, hey, it is yeah. what it is. League, another win for league. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mate. So you said you started playing league when you were seven and it just clicked for you, you just loved it. You know, did you make the rep sides growing up or was it something that kind of developed a bit later? Um, I was pretty lucky, man. I made most, I was, um, I grew up playing like center and in the outside back. So I was pretty, I was a bit bigger than sort of everyone else. Mm. I was tall and I was, I was lanky and I had a bit of range about me. So I was mm. pretty lucky, man. I played most of the rep teams. Um, you know, I grew up on the Central Coast. So the Central Coast Centurions, um, yeah, made made most of those teams, so I was pretty yeah. lucky, and then um, just kept progressing through to make the Knights, and then mm. yeah, just made the pathways too. So, did you in your mind were you playing footy because you loved it? Obviously, you're playing because you loved it, but was it also an idea of you could only see yourself being an NRL player eventually, or was it something that kind of oh, if that happens, that'd be good. See what happens. Oh, I always wanted to play NRL. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. Mm. I love the the mateship. I've still I still talk to boys that I, I played with, like you know, my best mate. I played my first game of footy when I was seven. I still talk to him. Yeah. He's the one I went to Burley with. Oh um, really? Yeah. So I still I still keep in touch with him. The mateship in rugby league is something I really I really cherish. Mm. Um, and then also, yeah, obviously, I grew up watching the NRL, and that's all I ever wanted to do. That was mm. that's probably why I never played other sports because I was so fixated on on playing in the NRL. Mm. Um, 
So it was just a mixture, man. I just loved it. It was it was good because the NRL was at the top of the top, and then if you make that, you still get to keep the mateship. So yeah, it was just a mixture of both, and mm. um, I think it's just a great sport, and I'm very lucky that I get to play for a living. And look, this might be sacrilegious because I'm not sure, but were the Knights your team growing up? They weren't. Nah, I used to hate the Knights, man. <laughs> I, I, used, I love them now. They're my, obviously my obviously, team. I'd yeah. do anything for the Knights, but bro, growing up, I was a Dragons fan. Oh really? I was a Dragons fan. Yeah. So. Um, I grew up watching Dan Young, yeah. um, Ben Hornby, Jamie Sauer, the 2010 team, the 09 team, 10 and 2011 team, yeah. when they were just outstanding, was the best years of my life, man. I used to, <laughs> I was at the 2010 grand final and I was in tears when they won it. So, um, and then I'll tell you what I hate the Knights is because Wayne Bennett was the coach of the, um, of the Dragons. So I love Wayne Bennett. Yeah. And then he left to go to Newcastle and took Bo Scott, Darius Boyd, all the, all that good players. And then I, like, then I hated the Knights and then I'm playing for them. So I love them now, but yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, you know what's great about that is like, that's a genuine fan, how they would react. Like yeah. Most fans like, yeah. He took our players. I was filthy, man. I was filthy. I was only 12 years old and hated it. <laughs> but it was, um, yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so who, who was your, who did you love watching for the, for the Dragons growing up? Who was your main man? My main man was um, Dan Young. Yeah. I used to love Dan Young, man. And, beast. and yeah, my family, um, he was never like, and he like he was never like the the star player or anything. But the passion he played with, man, I could see it. I was mm. only ten years old, and I could see that. Mm. Um, my favorite memory of Dan Young is when he scored in that twenty ten grand final. He got up and kissed the badge. Yeah, bro, that was epic, man. He kissed the red V on the badge, and that's probably like when I sort of um, really loved him. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just reckon he, he just loved his club, and he and he's back there now, I think. So mm. um, he just really loves his club, and he's he's a club man. He's passionate, loves the game, obviously, and. Mm. Um, he was definitely my favourite player growing mm. up, Dan Young. Oh yeah, um, I was at, I went to the Dragons for a year, and he was there when I was there. Um, How was he? Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, he's a fucking. He's I've a never legend. met him. I'd love to meet him, mate. mate. He just seems like a good fella. Good fella, one of the boys, rips and tears, but at the same time knows when yeah. to switch on. Old school. Yeah. So like, you know, certain guys now are very, like, like. There's the old school, which were, they knew how to have fun with the boys together and like mateship and that. And then there's obviously some, the new school who they'll come, they'll train their asses off, but they probably go straight home and, yeah. and it's, it's almost a jog to them. Yeah. Whereas that old school, that old school bunch of that 2010 team were very old school where like they, they do everything together where it was like, you know, they train their asses off, but if they're going to get together, they yeah. get together. Yeah. And um, yeah, he was always one of the leaders. Yeah. Here. That's what you need, yeah. but uh, you need yeah. to be able to go to work and like get flogged together and then go have a beer and talk about it too. Mate, That's what makes it fun. You can you can do the, the hardest preseason of your life. Yeah. And it could, you could be looking around going, hardest preseason ever, boys. It won't bring you closer than everyone locked in a room on the beers. I know. One night. Yeah, having a laugh about it. Yeah. Even after a big game and, um, you know, the pressure's on and everyone's spraying each other and then, mm. It's, it's never personal. Yeah. You, go and you, you win, you have mm. a beer in the sheds after and everyone's laughing about it. Yeah. I reckon that's the best, man. Like, 100%. I reckon that's the best part of rugby league. Just um, laughing about all the sprays and, and the shit that went on the oh, field. Oh, mate. And some of the, the like storylines that get brought up like throughout the year with the boys, like someone's done something stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. The locker room stories. Oh, mate. <laughs> They're all time, mate. It all got GST on them too. Yeah, Massive of course. GST. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's what makes them so good. <laughs> um, Okay, so you make most of the rep sides. When did you move into the halves, though? Was it teens or? I was about 13. Mm. Um, so I was playing fullback and I was playing for the Central Coast. And then it was that, um, I think it was that club training, man. Like I was, I was 13, Aaron Eagles. And the coach, I think, literally just said one week, you're playing, you're gonna, I want, want you to play 5'8". Mm. And then um, obviously must have gone all right. And then 
just kept playing in the halves. It was, yeah. Okay. yeah not, so were you like more a, of a, did you then slowly move into seven? Or did yeah, you stay, okay. Yeah, I think it was because um, in our team, we had a really good, another good fullback and he wanted to play 5-8 and he was a lot better than me. Like I could probably direct the team around a bit better. Like I'm a bit more of a, you know, um, probably like Jacko does for us. He, he directs the team around loud, great kicker. Um, and then we had this bloke who wanted to play five. He's way better than me. So I just started playing seven. Mm. And um, I really enjoyed that, like having that sort of control over the team and yeah. leading him around and just sort of doing my job. So that's probably why I moved in seven. I probably wasn't like fast enough or skillful enough <laughs> to play fullback anymore or, or five, eight. So that was probably just sort of my job. Um, okay. So you move slowly into seven. Uh, and then in 2018, you captained the SG Ball side uh, for the Knights. Yeah. When did you first get, I guess, picked up by the Knights pathway system? Um, I was 14 and Troy Bazette was at the club mm. and he was a recruitment guy and he was, he was a recruitment guy for NRL. And I was playing a club game against the to- entrance Tigers and he was at the game watching. And after the game, he just went up to me mum and said, does Fane want to come have a run yep. with our Chargers team? At the time was the under 15s. Um, and I just went, I played on the wing. So I was, I was playing half. I wanted to be half at that point, but I was yeah. playing on the wing and I was just making up numbers. So mm. um, ended up going all right in that, in that gala day on the wing and then sort of got picked up after that. Yeah. I would have been about 15, 16 and then played Harrow Mats the year after. But Do you remember getting the gears? That's all, that's that was the best part. Yeah, that was the best part. The best part yeah, the chucking the jersey on and you got some training gear and um, you got a pair of X-Blades too because we used the Knights used to be sponsored by X-Blades. Oh, really? So they give you a free pair of joggers and yeah. bro, that was the best part, getting the gear 100%. and just putting your drawers and just knowing, thinking you've made it already because you, <laughs> yeah. you get to wear the nice logo. But um, yeah, I was about 14 playing charges on the wing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sting, on the pig and swing. Yeah. Um, okay, so fast forward a little bit. You make the, the uh, you captain the SG ball side. Was that in your first year of SG ball or was that your second year of SG ball? That was my second year of SG yeah, ball. Okay. So my first year was a year young. I was just... Um, yeah, I was playing with like Matt Croker and Tex Hoy and that. They were mm. sort of the leaders and I was just, yep. I was playing half, but definitely wasn't captain. I, mean, I captained the, my own age group, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and when you got that captaincy, was it like, I mean, it doesn't seem like much now because you've, you've gone on to achieve so much, but at the time you're like, this is incredible, like this is crazy. Yeah, no, it was sick, man. I remember um, Scotty Jura was the coach. Mm. Um, shout out Scotty, man. He's a legend. I love Scotty Jura. He's, yeah. he's probably my biggest influence in my junior career, Scotty. Um, and he sort of just said, do you want to, do you want to be the captain? And I said, well, yeah, I said, obviously. And yeah, it was, it was so cool, man. Like going from, even though I was only, I was so young and I was only a couple of years apart playing on the sting in, in the 15s and then yep. being the seven and captain in my own age was, um, was pretty special. And at the time I probably didn't think how big it was until you look back and go, that was, um, some of the blokes that have captain the SJ ball team before like Cogs and that. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You say you did. How'd you go that, that year, uh, captain in the side? We lost in the prelim. Oh. Yeah, it sucked, man. So we the Harold Matts team, we lost in the grand final of Parra. And then obviously only a few boys went through to play um, a year up. And then we had the same, pretty much the same team for SG Ball. Yeah. And we would have been favourites to win because I think Parra must have lost a few boys as well. And I think we had, probably had the wrong attitude. We probably thought it was just going to happen. And we yeah. got beaten in the prelim by the Bulldogs. Tommy Tillier carved us up. Oh. Um, Matt Burton too. Oh, no, no. Matt, no, Matt Burton was at the Penrith. He carved us up the week before and we had a second chance and lost to the Bulldogs. Oh. So them two sort of ruined me uh, junior career. I, mean, I never got never got to win anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so that's 2018, but um, sorry, yeah, 2018. And you, you, were, you signed with Newcastle for a three-year deal in 2018. Was that, um, because like a three-year deal at that age, very rare in regards to usually 
if you're that age and you're getting a three-year deal, there's maybe one, max two players that age that are getting a three-year deal. Usually it's like a one-year deal or, or yeah. whatever. How did, well, how did that come about to sign a three-year deal with the Knights? Um, it was Troy Bazette again. So um, he must have loved me. I don't know. It must have been, <laughs> yeah, soft sort for me. But is, he, very, is he Kiwi or? Yeah, he must be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, 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 he reached out and said, because um, I had a couple of good years in, in Madsen Ball and, I think that year was the first year they, they put out the development contracts. Mm. So that was like the 60K sign on and then, um, yeah, which is mad when you're 18, just Stings out of school. my heart here yeah. as a battler. I got four grand, yeah. four grand was my first contract. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I, I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. And then, um, yeah, it was three years and all of them were full-time in RL and that was a big thing for me. Is that's massive. Oh, bro, I was straight out of school training with, you know, Mitchell Pierce and yeah. all them boys. It was... Um, Obviously, the money was great, but I didn't really see it. Mum took care of the money. Mm. Obviously, I didn't know what to do with it. But, um, bro, going from school to a three-year contract, training full-time Crazy. for three years, was it was off its head. Like, I can't believe – I still can't believe that's what um, I got to do. So, yeah. I was very lucky. Because, like, just for listeners, each year there's probably one, maybe two – school kids that come out of school and those kids are usually like the cream of the crop like yeah. guns if you're lucky three but like usually that third player will go into the reserve grade squad and train or whatever yeah it may have changed because squads have gotten bigger but that was kind of the the system when i yeah, was yeah. coming through yeah yeah it still is man i think there's heaps of training trial boys now mm. um but the, i think it might be 1500 a week now so yeah, which is which is awesome. Better than oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I was bloody working in a, in a yeah. bottle with a criminal that kept going back to jail <laughs> yeah. all the time. Um, yeah, so you got heaps of training child boys, and I think they still do the same thing. There's like three development players. Yeah, okay. And um, yeah, they're all. I think the training child is a great sort of idea now because you get boys that are playing local league. A few of them are Newcastle like local league boys that have carved up in the local league comp, and they come and get a preseason. Yeah, bro, they're usually unbelievable. Like, yeah, bro, the amount of Plays that could play in a row that play in local league and 100%. just never make it. It's off its head, man. Like yeah. you go watch some of the lo- like Sydney would be good, but the Newcastle local league comp, the talent in there is like the team that won it, the Maitland team. They like Brock Lamb and that just cruising in that team. Yeah, bro, they off its head. Like he can still play in a row. Yeah, I know. They're it's, so good. A lo- there's a lot of players in that local league that just they either couldn't cop the preseasons that you go through. Yeah. Or maybe something happened. They had a kid early when they were young. Yeah, or a few they, injuries that sort of put them back. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. They're absolutely like a lot of the time, not a lot of the time, but there is a large portion of players that play in a are there mostly because they're willing to just rip in. Yeah. Like just have a dig, go through the tough stuff and they'll get an opportunity eventually. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. Like the train and load, you can probably sort of cop one year, but when you've got to do it year after year, that's when sort of, I guess maybe boys filter out or it's not mm. for them, but when they go back to locally, they don't have to train that hard and they sort of just get to focus on having fun and playing Enjoy footy. The game, so yeah. that's probably why they shine there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like, as I said, some of the talent in the local league, especially in Newey, like, yeah. I think they won the, they beat the, don't they play a game where the Sydney, people that come first in Sydney versus the people that come first in Newcastle was oh, Maitland really? this year, yeah. Oh, I didn't know And that. Maitland ended up winning. So oh, Maitland, there you I go. are the best local Well, Newey's always had hectic juniors. Yeah. Like hectic juniors. Yeah. Um, okay, so you signed that contract and I'm sure, you know, you're at school still when you signed that contract. Yeah. So the buzz would have been like, yeah. bro, I'm at school. HSC down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first preseason, you walk in, what do you remember from that first preseason, the biggest shock moment where you're like, oh shit, this is the standard? Um, oh, it was, I think it was more the footy stuff. Mm. So I was, I was lucky, I signed the contract that the um the start of off season so i had a whole off season to get fit so i went oh, in there okay. so fit man i was flying mm. 
And that's sort of the first three weeks. Like the first three week block is just fitness, getting everyone. So I thought yeah. I was killing it. Um, and then, you know, all the older boys come back and you start getting in a bit of footy stuff and, um, you know, everyone's carving you up. It was sort of, I was, I was a bit behind in that, I think. Mm. Obviously I've gone from playing under twenties and SG ball and then training with first graders. The intensity and sort of um, the skill level, they're at a different world. I couldn't keep up. Yeah. Um, so obviously it was just, that was just a big year of learning, mm. um, you know, I was on the reserve grade team versus Mitchell Pierce and that, and he was just putting on clinics, man. I, I, I would never think I'd be able to, I, I still won't be able to get to a level he's been at. Yeah. As far as his skill and his game management is just off its head. So, but I think that was the biggest thing, the biggest wake up call was just the skill, the intensity and, and the footy stuff for me, I think. Mm. And what, was there any um, contact sessions or wrestle sessions where you're like, wow, this is, this is a lot. Yeah, Mitch Barnett got me a couple of beauties, I remember. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's, Even that, Kurt does, that doesn't sound like much money. Kurt Mann, when he, when, he, when he came to the club, he was a bit, I think he came like a few months after me and Kurt Mann's not a big dude, mm. but he can hit like a bus, man. Oh, really? Yeah. So I remember I used to try and like go with him and line up against him to run at him and that. And yeah. I learned pretty quick. You don't run at Kurt Mann. Nah. He's <laughs> like a little greyhound, just bony, just hurts you straight in the sternum, man. Um, but yeah, I got roughed up a couple of times. Yeah. yeah it it's, doesn't matter how, you could have, sometimes you see the biggest forwards come out of school and they're heavier, bigger, and you'd like, they're specimens, yeah. But they get against that man strength, yeah. Which is Kurt, which is Kurt, mate. Which is Kurt, man. He's just, yep. he's just, um, yeah. He's not, he's not muscly, but he's just bony and, <laughs> and just strong. He's from, he's from the country. I don't know. I think he might be from um, Rockhampton or something. Yeah. So country strong. Just been farming his whole life <laughs> and just never been in the gym. Just lifts, yeah. <laughs> just lifts on the farm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so that first preseason with Piercey, what do you reckon you learned the the most of a guy like Mitchell Pierce? Fierce, he's a legend. He's, bro, he looked after me so well in his in my first year. He was, um, yeah, he was like a, a father figure, a training, and mm. um, the way he looked after the younger boys is something I try and do when I see sort of 17, 18 year olds come in now is um, just try and help him out because it's pretty scary. Yeah. And obviously we did heaps of extras and I tried to learn as much off him as I could as far as like game management and that. But footy aside, man, he was just a legend. Like he would, we'd go... Um, you know, in car trips to Nelson Bay to see his mentor who, who at the time, Alan Bell, would go and see him and he'd always invite me. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. Like I was just 18. He never knew mm. if I would make it or if I was just sort of there taking the piss. But yep. the way he looked after me and, and the younger boys was pretty special. Yeah. yeah. What about um, on the field wise? Like, Is there a part of his game that you really felt like, oh, that's a, that's a really good insight? Um, I reckon his calmness in, the, in his talk. Mm. He's obviously skillful and, and, and does all that thing like kicks and, and passes extremely well but the way he can direct the team but do it so calmly mm. I feel like Nathan Cleary does that too I've never played with him but playing yeah. against him and, and, and stories about how he plays from the boys that have played with him being a half being able to direct the team around under pressure but do it nice and calmly so everyone's on the same page I reckon yeah. that's Piercy yeah. to a T he was so good at that um, okay so you, that first preseason goes uh, by and, and you're with the Canterbury uh, Cup New South Wales side yeah um, and then you get named as 20th man for the New South Wales under 20 side. Uh, I guess you're part of the New South Wales squad. I mean, that would have been, felt like a huge achievement at the time. Yeah, so I ended up playing, ended up, I didn't play the under 20s because yep. of the debut, but um, I remember Ogre called me and said I was gonna play 20s. I was um, 19, so I was playing up in age. And even then, like some of the names in that team um, were incredible like even Matt Croker and, and Tex at the time I used to look up to, I still do look up to them but mm. at that time they're playing under 20s origin I'm going this is off its head like yeah this is the next best thing to play in NRL so mm. 
Um, and Oga was the coach, I'm real close with Oga, so um, I was very lucky to make that team and just so be you, a part of it. So you make that team, but then you alluded to, you made your debut as well, I'm assuming, that, that week? That same week. Okay, so yeah. how did that all come about? Was it a surprise or? Yeah, it was. So um, I forget who got injured in the Origin team. It might have, I think it was Nathan Cleary. Yeah. Nathan Cleary went down or whatever happened, and then Piercy got the call up off Freddie on the Wednesday. Yep. Game three to the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a Teddy try game. Yeah, that was Piercy's redemption that game. Yeah, it was. Um, it was good to watch. But yeah, so Piercy got caught up, and then um, obviously there was a spot there left on the bench because Mason Leno jumped into the starting team, and yeah, I had no idea. I didn't think it was going to come. And then Brandy got all the boys in and said, um, "Oh yeah, and that's one other thing. Fan's going to make his debut." So I had to pull out of the twenties, which was um, probably a good thing to do because there's no way I was missing my debut. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty ironic how like Piercy like helped me this whole way and then helped me again by playing Origin and, and got me a spot on the bench. So it was pretty yeah. like it was pretty like a weird moment, but it was it was mad. I loved it. It's it's a similar ish thing happened to me where the I think it was it was the Queensland uh, Queensland Cup Queensland side. Yeah. So Queensland Residents, I think it's called. Yeah. Queensland South Wales yeah. And so I think they were gonna play on the Wednesday and I had a bit of a niggling knee injury maybe and or something. And so I had to like make this tough call because I'd, I think I'd made my debut a few weeks before and or maybe the week before and they were thinking about playing me first grade. Yeah. So I felt like a dog because I was like, look, technically I probably could play Origin on Wednesday, but I'm going to play my second NRL game <laughs> yeah. on a Friday. Yeah. And so I had to ring him and be like, sorry, guys, like I'm, yeah. I'm going to play NRL. Which yeah, is 100%, like, as you would. I reckon that's I know, but that's it feels, on. you feel dog. Yeah, though, you like, would, yeah. like you're like, think you're, oh, feel, what, you think you're better than us. Yeah, yeah you yeah. think you're better than us, so you just go play NRL. Because oh. like, not many of those boys were playing NRL yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, it's but, like, but at the same time. Got to do what you got to do. Obviously, I'm always, and that <laughs> yeah. was actually the game, Broncos fans remember this, that was a game where Darren Lockyer scored the field goal at Suncorp and it hit, I think, both posts and went over. Um, what year was that? Was that against the Dragons? No, that was the Titans. That was the Titans. Oh. The, the, the Dragons ones, I think, was a bit bit later. Like yeah, I remember like that one too. And that was, um, he shanked that one too, didn't he? And he broke his. I think he fractured. Yeah, his, it was his last game yeah. or something. And, and Billy fractured his fucking yeah. you know, cheek cheekbone. Um, okay, so you make you get told you're going to make your debut. What's the phone call like to the parents and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it was just I was in tears, man. So mm. I, obviously, Mum was the first person I called. Um. Well, you know, man, this is my, I reckon that's the best part of it. That was my, that's still my favourite part yeah. of um, my journey so far. I was making that phone call to mum and then um, just do the rounds, call my grandma and granddad, uncles. And um, yeah, I was just in tears, man. Like just so special to let them know I was going to debut. And then um, obviously got to get the tickets as well, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah. There was like 60 people there. So I, yeah, it's still my favourite part of my career is those phone calls, I reckon. So yeah. special, eh? Like. They, they've seen your hard work like they know what you've done to get there so to tell them that you've made it yeah is um it's epic man so good and like all the times your mummy they like worked an extra job or dropped you off yeah. somewhere or yeah you know so many sacrifices that you just take for granted as a kid growing up yeah i feel like it's more like when you make those phone calls like it's you're the one debuting but your family is like it's their debut as well like yeah they've done just as much as you have for you to get there yeah um yeah so to tell them that their hard work's paid off too is off its head, man. It was so good. Mate, uh, another really selfish moment by me, but oh, when I debuted, <laughs> I yeah, <laughs> when I debuted, I uh, obviously told my parents and we we're all stoked. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Incredible, blah, blah, blah. But I told them, guys, because I used to have this rule, no one's allowed to call me on game day. Yeah. 
if you text or call me on game day, you're getting sprayed tomorrow. Yeah. Um, eventually, obviously, I relaxed a little bit, and maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe I should have stayed like you know zoned in. Um, anyway, so I said to my family, I was like, look, because it was down at Manly. I was like, I don't want anyone coming down because I need to do this like by myself. This is something that I need. To, I don't need to be. I don't want to be thinking about yeah. anything else. I need to be fully zoned in. Yeah. Anyway, so went down, played, um, walked off the field, and and so I assumed that like you know no one's coming down there watching the TV. And then like my mum called me an hour or so later, and she's like, oh, where are you? <laughs> and I was like, um, just finished the game. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, listen, I've got something to tell you. And I was like, what? And she's like, well, we we actually did come down and watch. <laughs> and I'm so grateful they did. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. grateful yeah. they did. I'm so grateful they did. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, I just I was just in this mindset of like. Well, so when you played, you wouldn't let anyone <clears throat> call you or text you on game day. No. Nah. So you wouldn't know if anyone's there watching you, or you just organise it throughout I'd, the week. Yeah, just throughout, like you. Take, yeah. You here's your tickets or whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. if you if you come, sweet. If not, doesn't bother me. And that was just a mindset thing, like just just I'm so focused zone, you know, on yeah. getting it done. Yeah, true. I mean, it fucking worked for me. I was playing good footy, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit anal, a bit anal. <laughs> nah, I reckon. Yeah. Well, when did you let, when did you ease up on that as you got older? Obviously, uh, as I got older, but I think also I got less. Um, I got because certain things were happening in my career. I just wasn't as focused. Yeah. I think if I were to go back now, I would probably re redo that. Yeah. Just as a um, what's the word? Not a superstitious thing. Yeah. Just as a um, preparation thing. It's like goal kicking. You do the same thing every single time so your mind gets in the right yeah. state. I probably would redo that if I was to go back. But eventually I got to a point where I just wasn't enjoying as much anymore, so I didn't care as much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. It's psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same, man. Like, I, I, I'm real weird about that sort of stuff. Yeah, okay. Like, especially if you have a good game and you've done something and you try and just redo it, redo it, redo it, and do yeah. a bad game and you try and find something else to do. Well, I think it's, I think it's because it's, it's – look – I don't think any footy players sitting there looks, maybe some are, sitting there going, there's some kind of magic thing that's happening. I reckon there is. <laughs> <laughs> I think what really they're thinking is, is like, this went well for me, so yeah. I'm just going to repeat that to put myself in the same mindset as I was in that moment. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's just a mindset thing, eh? Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. But um, then you can, kill, you, can, you, can, you can ruin yourself too, because sometimes if, like, I've got such a strict routine before a game, and then if something goes wrong, that could be the end of the world. Mate, but nothing I, ever goes wrong because I'm so strict about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I remember when I went to the Warriors, they had a different pre-game routine where they'd go into a hotel room together, like it's in a big, you know, where you go and have feeds and that, yeah. and sit around for a few hours, and it wigged me out. Like I strongly disliked it. Really? Only because in home games. Uh, yeah, in home games. They oh, did true. It. I'm pretty sure it was home games. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was home games, and it wigged me out. And and it's not to say that it's wrong because all the reason why it wigged me out is because I was so used to only one way. Yeah. Um, and so it was just one of those things. Obviously, eventually I got used to it. Like the yeah. f after the first few, you know, weeks, I got used to it. But initially, I was like, "What? Like this isn't my uh, routine." Yeah, I don't like sitting around on a hotel floor, like rolling out the whole like four hours yeah. waiting. Especially with like a group of boys. As much as you love them, I reckon it's just too much energy. Yeah, I need to just zone yeah. down. I need to be by myself a couple yeah. hours before the game. Exactly. So anyway, it, that's all just routine though. Like yeah, once you get used to it, it's all good, sweet, good to go. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the debut comes. What do you remember from the debut? Well, I sat on the bench for 70 minutes waiting to get on and Brandy wouldn't put me on. Um, I was just pissing everyone off. Eh? I remember I was sitting next to Aiden Guerra. I was giving him the shit. I remember he was 
I've never played on the bench. So growing up, I never obviously played on the bench and um, I didn't know what to do. So I was just sitting there, just pestering him, asking him questions and do I ride the bike, do I go for a jog or whatever? Oh. And he was just like, mate, just sit down, shut up. You get on when you get on. <laughs> so I remember that, but- um, <laughs> Sit down and shut up, you get <laughs> yeah, on when you get on. Yeah, so I was actually lucky he was there because I had no idea what was going on on the bench. Yeah. I can't really remember the game when I got on, but played about 12 minutes and- um, it was my birthday the next day, so my family was there. We had a few beers after the game. It was yeah, one of the best nights of my life. Oh, mate. Yeah. The, the debut, it's just like you you sitting in the locker room and you're looking across from you going like, like yeah. I'm here. Yeah. The first graders. Yeah. Even like get, even like going, like arriving to the game yeah. and you're in your suit. So everyone, like no one really knew me, but they saw me in a suit and wanted to get photos. I was like, like yeah. The fuck, like you don't need one, like even the even like, just stuff like that. Yeah, like the VIP, the oh, VIP sounds corny as, but the treatment you get when you arrive, like the the security guard lets <laughs> yeah, you in. It's they weird walk, as, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas like when you're a resi, yeah. you roll, you're rolling into fucking yeah. You, you walk through the crowd to get to the yeah. to, to the grass. So, <laughs> um, okay, so that, the debut happens. How did you think you played? Okay, did your job? Just got through tackles or? Um, yeah, I went alright. Didn't do anything wrong. I was I was so I played twelve minutes in the halves and. Um, I came on and we, we scored a try. So I think we we'll, were up by two. It was against the Warriors. And then I think um, it was like two minutes to go and they put a kick through. And I think I might have hit the post and they picked it up and scored. Oh. So yeah, it was, although it was the best night of my life, it was still, I wish we would have won that. We should have won it. Um, but yeah, well, yeah, I did my job. Yeah. And right. So what was it like, you know, this is during a period where the Knights were really struggling. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. What, what's it like? as a young fella because you're stoked to be there you just you're stoked to be a part of the first grade system but at the same time i'm sure you would see some of the senior players that have been in other systems that have won and they're used to winning or whatever what's the environment like are you just just trying to get the job done or yeah, well my first year there was like a bit of a um brownies rebuild so yeah. when i got there he was actually recruiting some pretty good players obviously um tim glasby from the storm aiden Greer came from the roosters with skidzy as well so like he was recruiting some like the older heads but they were, they knew how to win yeah um i missed sort of the years before that when the knights were you know they won three wooden spoons so i didn't see the knights were in that the bottom bottom but i saw okay. them when they were climbing up like okay. doing their best so even when you were like for example they offer you a three-year deal yeah at that time they would have been struggling i'm assuming when they offered you a three-year deal or they just started playing some decent footy they just started okay. that's when they started recruiting so okay. when i was in the juniors like matt's and sj ball yep year young that's when they were struggling yeah okay, okay. but um i never really had much to do with yeah, the sure. first team but for sure so i was pretty lucky when i came in that's when they started recruiting some pretty good guys and yeah i was just a sponge man like tim glasby from the storm who you know won a couple of comps was just he was a he was a massive leader in that team um, even Jamie Bure, old head, great mm. leader, can talk so well. Was um, he played a bit of Reggie's with me that year too, and he was he was big for me too. So yeah. I was very lucky to have sort of um, those boys, and obviously KP and yeah. the younger, flashier guys to learn a bit a bit of footy off as well. Mm. So I was very lucky. So KP got there what 18, 19? He got there twenty eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Okay. So okay. he was there a year before. And I then got the there. tough years were like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Around there. Yeah. 15 seconds after after Wayne okay. Bennett left okay um so okay so you make your debut and then after that you did you say you played six games that year or did you not play no more games that year just one game just one debut, game yeah. that year yeah how did you feel going back to because once you get a taste of it sometimes going back to reserve grade it's hard yeah because you're like mate I don't want to all I want to play is first grade now I don't want to play anything yeah. other than that yeah what was that like for you yeah that was tough that mm. was um you're sitting on the top of the world and 
<clears throat> you know, you know, yeah, even, <clears throat> and because I did my job, I thought oh, I'm, I'll be in the team again next week, and yeah. then obviously didn't play. Um, but yeah, when you go back, when you when you go back to Reggie's, it's it's more of a mental challenge. Reggie's isn't; they're not any you know less standard players than you. Like there's heaps of players in the NRL players that have played NRL mm. or younger boys that are trying to play NRL. So everyone's giving it a hot crack. The only difference is like the intensity. NRL is obviously a bit faster, but like. I think when I played one game of NRL, you sort of go back and expect things just to happen for you. Mm. And that's like so far from the case, man. That Reggie's is a good comp and you're playing with some good players and um, it's just a bit of a mental sort of challenge for me to go back and keep myself at that level, which yeah. I don't think I probably did to my best. Yeah. So it's like, um, it's not like you become entitled because you don't, but you do kind of feel like you see some players go, they make their debut and they stay. Yeah. And so in your head, you're going, Okay, once I make my debut, I'm there or That's thereabouts, it, yeah. and I'm just going to stay in first grade, work my ass off. Yeah. But everyone's journey is different. Yeah. Every, did you, because you were so, you know, you'd made all the rep sides growing up or done really well, did you struggle with patience at all? Yeah. 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 Massive. I'm not, I'm, I still do, man. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, it was a year where, yeah, I wasn't entitled at all. I didn't think I was better than anyone to be in that team. It was just more, an individual thing like I feel like I earned individually to like myself to be in the first grade team mm. that's not it at all mm. like I was barely lucky to be making that re reserve grade team after mm. I debuted I remember <clears throat> we had a pretty good start of the year in Reggie's then I debuted and then I went back and was a half again and we went to we went to dog shit mm. we were so bad we lost probably like eight games in a row and Rory cost Jason I played one terrible game against the Bunnies at, at Redfern and it, I missed like three tackles tried to get like three intercepts just doing weird shit that I don't do and that's not yeah. me but Rory bring me in his office and he said like, he told me the truth, man. He said like, you haven't earned anything. Like you are like, you've been one of our worst players in Reggie's the last couple of weeks. Yeah, wow. Um, and I was nearly in tears. Like it was yeah. such a big wake up call to like that realization, like you're not, you haven't, you haven't made it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shout out to Rory. He's been, he's still there now. He's been like yeah. a, another sort of father figure to me. But I remember that day was, that was a big wake up call to, um, and the season well which we we had a couple of good wins towards the end of the year but yeah, it was definitely a challenge it's um it's a double-edged sword because the reason why you have gotten to where you're at is because you're ultra competitive and you believe in yourself yeah but sometimes when you're that young and you get to a certain point as you said you're not entitled you're not walking around thinking you're better than anyone but yeah. you almost you go well i've done all this hard work exactly you know yeah. maybe i should be here but you're not yeah and then when you don't you think it's unfair because you think you've done all the hard work yeah. and then they're like, oh, sorry, you're playing reserve grade. You're going, well, it's not fair. Like I've yeah. done all this hard work. I know. I but know. Um, footy's cruel, man. But yeah, um, it's my biggest regret is the patience. I was so impatient. Yeah. Like watching other blokes debut at, you know, like I ended up debuting at like 19, maybe just turning 20. Yeah. And I was impatient. And yeah. you're just sitting there going, if my older head could have said to him, mate, just go back, play good footy, and yeah. it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. But that's because like footy players are so competitive, man. Yeah. Like you just want everything now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're growing up just competing for everything, wanting everything. Yeah. You know, to come to you because you work so hard to get it. And you, and you usually, to be fair, like growing up, if you're in an NRL system as a, as a teenager, you've usually won most things that you've gone after. Yeah. So it's like yeah. this weird. If you're in this weird environment where you're not getting what you usually would get for the last 15 yeah. years. You're not the you're not at the top anymore. Yeah, you're, you're going from being in the juniors to being one of the mm. looked after ones, and then straight back down to the bottom. It's sort yep. of yeah, it's different. But yeah, I think most footy players are the same. Man. We're not patient people, like oh man, because your and your career is so short too. So like you're only in it for a certain amount of time. So you want everything to happen as quick as it can, so yeah. you can 
get the most out of it. But and then it's probably the opposite effect. And then the, the like the idea of you know contracts as well. There's only so yeah. many contracts that you can get. <laughs> yeah. And so you're sitting there going, well, if I don't play NRL, they're not going to re-sign me because yep. they're going to resign the other guy that played NRL. Yeah. So there's all these like outside factors that are pressuring you as a teenager. Yeah. To make you want to be in the side because you think in your head if i'm playing nrl i'm getting re-signed yeah yeah 100 um, and that's a that's another thing we we're talking about before like the stress um yeah contracts are a big thing man and oh mate <laughs> especially like you know we always see these young fellows that get these big long-term contracts and i love it like massive i love seeing that stuff yeah but the fringies are never talked about or not even fringies just like guys that are coming through that they're not on the big contract. They mm. only get year year long deals usually, or two years maximum. Mm. No one ever talks about the pressure on that. You got thirty spots to fill. Yeah, I, I, I like. I got so much time for boys like that because, mm. at, like, our, our training, like we have like a few in preseason because there's so many numbers. Mm. I reckon those boys that are like the the not even the fringes, like you said, like the boys like at a lower level than that. The training mm. trial boys, like they work probably harder than yeah. boys at the top. They're in there desperate. earlier because they're, yeah. they're desperate. They're in the earlier stretching, mm. or everyone's probably in there at the same time because we've got a diff- few different groups. Mm. They they usually get put to the last group, so yeah. they got wrestle like three in the arbor. Yeah, man, they like they're not like some of them live far away, like mainland, which is like an hour from training. Yeah, I got so much respect for those sort of boys. Like yeah. everyone that's having a crack is so like deserves everything, like they they need to get everything. So yeah, absolutely, heaps of respect, eh? Okay, so you go back, you struggle for a few games, but then you pull your form back in. Is that a real? Do you think that's a turning point for you, the conversation with Rory, did you say? Yeah. Or was there a few turning points where, you know, that was a turning point and then maybe you dropped a little bit again and then you needed another chat? Or what What kind of happened for the next kind of 12 months or so for you? Um, I had a few turning points. That was definitely the first one where it was like, um, just sort of, yeah, as I said, you haven't, you haven't made it. Um, and then like the next year, I played a few more games, but we got in a bit of trouble off the field and then got suspended for a game and, um that was another turning point was mm. was sort of like your behavior off the field um and that was the most disappointing thing for me is because i don't i'm not like a i'm not like a dickhead off the field i don't like i'm not mm. that guy like i just like to what you much, do if you don't mind asking um oh there was just a like an incident at the pub and i sort of ended up getting in a bit of a um altercation if you yeah, will okay. just like pretty standard sort of thing but yeah um it was definitely something I could have avoided, which yeah. is the biggest disappointment is that mm. looking back now, I've had a lot more worse things said about me than that night. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's very embarrassing that I even retaliated to that. So yeah, um, I got one game off and I probably should have got more because of how embarrassed I was about myself. But yeah, um, yeah, it's been heaps of turning points, man. I reckon in, in your whole career is full of them. Like there's mm. ups and downs. So I'm sure there's going to be a few more to come. Hopefully yeah. not off the field, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, Look, obviously there's no excusing it. You're a professional athlete, all that stuff, all the stuff you get out of the way. Yeah. But as a young man, you know, someone's putting shit on you, you're out of the pub, you're doing pretty well to just walk away. You know? Yeah. So you, it's not excusable in the sense that like, or there's no punishment, but I think that there has to be some understanding of, of the environment that that's kind of created that situation. Yeah, I was, um, <clears throat> as I said, like I deserve the punishment I got, but, I also had the point of view where, and you see it so many times with the boys that, um, you know, it's such a target on boys' heads. Mm. And it's just a cycle, bro. Like if you go for a beer at the pub and there's someone giving you shit and you can't, especially if they get up in your face and you can't do anything to like defend yourself. And if you did, 
that's a win for them, bro. Like yeah, they don't mind. get in trouble. You get in trouble. Yeah. Um, and it's just a cycle, man. That's never it's never gonna stop because of sort of the the things that get put in place. But um, that's why you get taught now. And there's so many sort of uh, workshops that we get um, taught now to sort of avoid yourself in the situation, which is really good, man. Because the, the the quicker you learn that, um, the better it is for yourself and, and your career. So for sure, yeah. And and you know any blow any young bloke that's or person obviously a bloke that's been a young bloke which is every bloke (laughs) (laughs) but anyone that wants to sit there and pretend like oh how dare this happen like i would consider myself a pretty calm dude yeah not aggressive even i had an altercation off the field yeah um you know someone had said something you know to a couple of women yeah it was fucking disgraceful yeah um and yeah there was pushing and shoving and all that kind of carry on and i just got lucky that the pub was a broncos fan and so, oh, yeah, he called me like the next day. It all happened. I left the, the place. He called me into the pub the next day and I'm going, oh shit, here we go. Like, <laughs> this is it. I'm in the papers. <laughs> this guy's going to absolutely yeah. kizzle me. He brought, he brought me into his office and he sat me down and I'm wigging out going, I'm done here. And like, yeah. I, just, I can already think Wayne is just going to smash me. Um, anyway, so he sits me down and he goes, see this? And he played the, the incident. Yeah. And he played it and I was like, yeah. Listen, man, I was like about to just be like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. blah, blah. He just went, well, delete. Bullshit. Yeah. He goes, mate, don't worry about it. All good. <laughs> That's no mad. Yeah. And so, like, I'm sure that most blokes have had a situation like that where someone's been a complete dickhead. You feel like you're doing yeah. the right thing. Like, for example, I felt like I was doing the right thing. There was two women that I knew that were getting disgracefully abused, like sex, all that kind of stuff, sexism, yeah. all that kind of stuff, whatever. But I was actually doing a silly thing. I should have handled it maturely yeah but when you're that age you're not thinking yeah that straight so as i said i'm not excusing it at all i'm just yeah creating an environment you know but even then if you are if you do do the wrong thing and you know get physical with them mm. if they're abusing two girls like like it's, you don't have the right to but i feel like it's not the complete wrong thing to do is to step in mm. but that's what i mean by the cycle bro like they're yeah. not going to be in the paper you're going to yeah. be in the paper oh. and you're going to be the one in trouble yeah um but there's definitely like levels to it. You can't just go and start going skits, yeah, punching sure. people. But <laughs> what's crazy is like even me. So it was about two, two or three years ago. I rocked up to a, a footy game, and you know there was a lot of people that are fans of bloke. Yeah, and you know, hey mate, love the potty, whatever. And then there was just one dude that was like literally just calling out abuse to me, like yeah. just disliked me. Yeah, and even me as a thirty-year-old was like in my head, I was like, I would love to fucking. <laughs> yeah. But like you could have like a hundred people saying, "Oh, love the podcast." Yeah. There's one bloke, and yeah. that's the only one you'll hear. That's the only one you'll think oh, of, mate. And, and so even as a thirty-year-old, that thought in my head of like, you deserved a punch in the face. Yeah. Obviously, I was like, mate, whatever, bro. Yeah, you're the you're the loser that knows what the podcast yeah, is. Yeah, you're listening out to, me. to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, I, I get, I understand footy players are paid well, they're yeah. privileged, and so that's the responsibility they take on. They're going to have to deal with dickheads every now and then. Mm-hmm. But we're human beings. We all make mistakes. Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, okay, so you make your debut, then the next year um, you make six appearances and you reach the finals for the first time since 2013, yep. in 2020. What was that like to be a part of... of that movement yeah that was mad bro we, we yeah that's when the that's when the season stopped we had like eight or nine weeks off mm. and the boys came back so fit because we had a group chat and we were just we all just training so hard and then we came back so fit and ended up making the finals um yeah we got beat by the bunnies at anz that day yeah. i think we we're up by 20 so we should have won that game um but yeah that year was just another year of just learning because obviously we still had piercy there i was still just being a sponge off and um the boys that 
we, we kept the same team we did in 2019 most of them so we still like tim glasby and, and and dawson all them so um that was just another year of soaking up man and obviously had a few more games and was this, um, this adam o'brien's first year as well yeah this was Adzi's first year so yeah that was another sort of cool thing new coach to impress which is really good for me so um yeah i played a few games and i think I, we won most of them when i played so i was very happy with that and that was yep. sort of like a personal mm. um sort of thing that i enjoyed so yeah it was a good year so 2021 uh you play nine games um and you guys make the finals again yeah but at this point so you've played one game six games nine games i'm assuming at this point you're getting super impatient i could be wrong but i'm assuming is that true or not true? yeah that was um yeah that was a another good year like just for learning but yeah it felt like i sort of was ready to take a bit more responsibility <clears throat> and i think that year was the first time i started sort of playing nine mm. so i think that was a bit at the time i didn't want to play nine like i was just i was still just fixated on you know yep. being a half and being the next number seven Were so. you, did, how did you take that because a lot of young fellas that they, they suck a little bit when stuff like this happens and yeah. it's natural how, how did you deal with that the fact you had to play nine um or at the, at the time i just wanted to play in a row so yeah, you could have put sure. me anywhere i could have played you <laughs> on, know, the wing. on the wing yeah <laughs> and i would have loved it but um yeah i definitely didn't suck and adzi i guess looking back now always had a plan for me so yeah. i'm very grateful that he did he communicate really well with you in regards to that like yeah, yeah. him and him and blake green both did because granny i remember having a chat with granny and he said mate when i first came in nrl i was playing everywhere i played back row mm. um hooker five eight which is his position but he also said there's gonna like there's a plan bro like you you'll it'll you'll come out the other end at the moment just soak up play some nrl get some experience and that's just yeah. what i did like i just that's good communication in. from the staff because yeah. sometimes that doesn't happen yeah no they were like granny's really good nazi's really good too they they let you know what's going on like mm. even if you go on their office is always open to have a chat so yeah yeah that, those couple of years are very big for me in learning and sort of playing a different position yeah because some sometimes the same thing can happen but the coaching staff won't tell you what the plan is or they won't they'll just they'll just put you in that position yeah and you'll just be like bro like what the hell like, yeah what's going on yeah no we're very lucky our, our coaches are <clears throat> a lot of them have played like granny and rory and so they get it so they get it man yeah. they, they'll come and tell you before you see anything in the paper about getting dropped or making the team so um we're very lucky like that and our office the, the coach's office right next to the locker room so you just swing in and have a yeah. chat whenever you want it's pretty good so 2021 uh that's also the year you would have been off contract correct yeah so how did the contract negotiations negotiations go yeah that was tough because that was the year uh, we were in the bubble at sunny coast um <clears throat> so yeah i was sort of away from my family it was just phone calls man i couldn't see my manager or anything and mm. off contract and um even the recruitment guy for the knights couldn't come in the bubble so everyone was just talking over the phone about sort of my plan next year and it didn't get done till real late i think there was like two weeks left to go oh. and i was pretty close to you know shutting the door on the knights and sort of you know i, I did have the shits a little bit because it was taking so long but yeah looking back now it's understandable no one could really see each other yeah um but it's a, it's a it's your future like, yeah as it's a player, so stressful that's what we're talking about like yeah. contracts it's like when you're off contract it sucks and every every week you wait a salary cap every other salary cap fills up yeah and spots go yeah and even if you play and you play shit, you go that's even worse because you know well yeah. i don't think i'm that good yeah absolutely <laughs> but um yeah were you done. in discussions with other clubs or anything like that or um yeah there's a few i was i was pretty keen on going to um brizzy mm. um there was you know a few phone calls there where i was um there's a spot for you if you want to come and mm. um you know that whole year was sort of at the sunny coast and i was away from my family enough like i don't and that sort of taught me that i don't think i'm really ready to leave okay. home and, and what i've got there because i'm so young and um you know the, the, the contract wasn't that good like it wasn't like yeah you know a crazy contract a million dollars to, to leave so <laughs> um 
Yeah, I probably just wasn't ready for it, man. Yeah, but, okay. um, then nights end up coming through, which is really nice. And so did you sign a one-year deal? Or it was a one-year deal, yeah. A one-year deal. Just a one-year deal. Oh, pressure. Just to hang on, oh, have another mate. crack sort of deal. Oh, mate. <laughs> it puts yeah, more the, pressure on you. Yeah, 100% one nice year. Security, yeah. You get injured, like anything <laughs> yeah. can happen. Yeah. Okay, so but 2022 though, you make 19 appearances. Um, obviously, it wasn't the best year for the club, but you played 19 games. You know, how are you feeling with that year? That was a mixed year, man. Like I was happy that I was playing most weeks. Um yeah we had a shit year and i had a shit year and i was it was bro, out of all the years that i've had so far in the i reckon 2022 was my biggest learning curve man because yeah. i was just copping it everywhere <laughs> like um the team was obviously staff were under pressure players were under pressure i was under pressure and mm. when I, we won like six games that year yeah so although i got a lot of experience playing first grade it wasn't wasn't good experience like it was we we're losing and i was playing shit so mm. but you know looking back now that's probably the best year that could happen to me because now I've learned so much about yeah. when you go through those those downs. What's it like dealing with, you know, stuff online and that like, and you, you, you're working your ass off, it's just not working, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. Cause you're working so hard and no one really sees what you're doing behind the scenes. And when someone throws that back in your face because, you know, you played shit or you're having a, a bad year, that's real tough. Mm. And, um, you know, nothing was ever really said about me in the comments or, or on, online before that. Cause I wasn't really in the team. Yeah. Um, so then when I was playing every week and I wasn't playing well, you read the comments and it was just cross saying fucking sucks. Yeah. And at the start I read them, obviously, I'm not going to lie. I'd yeah, fucking, I read them because I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And then once I realized that's not what to do, you don't fucking read the comments. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. switched it off. Um, but even then, bro, like I was copping it all year and I sort of stopped. I deleted Instagram for a couple of weeks, but like mum would text me and my mates would be like, fuck, did you see what that bloke yeah, said? Yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck, don't tell me that. Don't I just deleted shit. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty tough, man. Like, as you said, you work so hard and then people throw it back in your face. It's probably the worst part of rugby league because I don't know what you do behind the scenes. For sure. And I guess from your perspective, you're sitting there going, hang on a sec, like I want a one-year deal. Like yeah. on not a big, probably not a big contract I'm assuming. Nah, yeah. And like I'm copping all this heat. Like I'm the last, you know. Like, yeah. It's, it's just tough as a young fella to, to try to square that away. Yeah. I think if that happened to me now, I'd be, I'd be fine because I know it's, it's just a moment in time. Like you can, like a couple of good games, everyone everyone stops talking pretty yeah. much. So I don't, yeah, obviously at the start, I probably didn't handle it too well, but yeah, um, yeah it was definitely a big learning curve mate, getting sprayed. Oh, mate. I, yeah, I don't know how you boys do it. I don't know yeah. how I would have done it coming through with social media and that. Like, I probably would have just had it. Um, the way I've, I've thought about this quite a lot, I would have had a dummy Insta account yeah. and it would have followed no sports stuff. So I could still enjoy Instagram and, you know, memes, all that kind of yeah. stuff but I'm not getting fed anything. And I would have said to everyone, don't send me, like for example, um, when I was playing footy and you break up with the missus, yeah. I, I went to every single bloke. I said, if you see her out, you see anything that happens, don't tell me about it. I don't want to know. <laughs> Best thing I ever did. Really? Best thing I ever did, yeah. I go, I go do that, Yeah. delete number, block everything. Yeah. Cause then it's like, it's out, it's out of sight, out of mind, baby. That's good willpower. <laughs> just that's out great. of sight out of mind <laughs> yeah um yeah and so i mean that's what i would do with social media i would literally just not follow i'd have two accounts obviously you'd have your one to help promote yourself as a person yeah and build that up but i honestly would barely even look at it i would just post it and then not look at the comments yeah and yeah. then i have a, pri a private one where i get to you know the boys yeah. know it and that and we could talk yeah. shit or whatever i used to hate the like the ones that would message me would always be like ones that obviously are fake accounts yeah so they're too they Fucking don't want you to coward. see their name they're cowards man like they don't want you to see the actual name yeah 
Because then if you know them or it's a double, around, it's a double coward. Because you're messaging, they're randomly messaging you, yeah, which is like Derek, yeah. But then it's doubles that you don't even have the guts to stand on yeah. what you're saying. You fucking yeah. coward. But no, there were some funny ones too. I don't know. Yeah, there was one that was. I remember one that was um, Crossland question mark. More like cross your name off the team list. I was like, fuck. As much as that sucks, it was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> you got me. You got me. One nil. Yeah. One nil. Yeah. Well um, played. Okay. So, yeah, 2022. And you, I'm, so I assume you sign another one year deal. Yeah. More and, pressure. Yeah, yeah. More pressure. Just yeah. one year after one year. Yeah. Okay. So, in 2023 rolls around, and obviously you play 25 games, and like, what a, what a great year from you. Do you think this is two reasons that you went so well this year, and you can say this is incorrect? But is it because obviously the team went well? But do you think also it's because you're fully committed to that nine role mentally? Or yep. am I just making stuff up? No, 100%. Um, playing, playing the one position definitely helps. And unfortunately, Browse got hurt and couldn't play the year. So I was sort of, um, that was the only spot I had to play. So yeah, as you said, man, like just playing mm -hmm. week in, week out. Like my start of the year was nowhere near as good as the back end of the year because I got that consistency and confidence coming through the whole year. Um, yeah, and the team as well, man. We just sort of clicked. Like, I'm not even taking the piss. Like, we at the start of the year when we weren't going so well, we, we kept saying to each other, we just need one game where it's going to click. We just need one game because we train so well. Mm. We have patches in games where we're so good, but there's just we're just struggling to find an 80-minute game. Yeah. And then we beat the Bulldogs um, oh. at ANZ, which was the game we needed to click. Yeah. And then since then, man, like, we just went on a, we just went on a roll. But not even lying, like, we just kept saying, we just need that one game. Like, we're so close, boys. Yeah. And Adzi kept saying it. We'd be in video and he goes, see what you're doing here. Like, you'll get a game where that just happens for you. And yeah. We ended up getting one. But, like, people, you know, may not remember. You have to look back at some of the results. Just got beaten by the Broncos uh, by a, a couple of dubious calls, Yeah, you could say. And then you lost by, I think, a point for the Panthers. I don't know whether that was before or after the run that you started. And so that... It's actually true. Like it, you were this close to these really important wins. Yeah. You just missed out on them. Yeah. The only game we got touched up was the para game. Yeah. That was awful. That was before. I think we had the week off. So I think um, that might have played a part just thinking you're on holiday. But yeah. Um, yeah. Most of the games, bro, we weren't, we weren't getting flogged. The year before yeah. we were getting flogged, but we knew that's what I mean. Like we're so close to mm. turning things around. And yeah, got beat, got done by a point against Panthers, try against Broncos. They both killed me and they were, because we played so well both those games. And, yeah. Um, there was just so many close calls that um, could have gone our way, but they didn't. But unfortunately, uh, towards the back end of the year, they sort of well, I, I remember, shifted. I remember the game against the Storm, and I was like, "That was crazy!" Yeah, I was sitting there going, "I can't remember the last time the Knights were this dominant on the Melbourne Storm." Yeah, that was a real good game because I think they were, they were up twelve nil after like fifteen minutes, mm. um, and just like the resilience the boys had that game, like the chat in the huddle, like years before, like they'd be. Um, there'd be blokes there just not really talking at all in the huddle but we had a big thing this year about leadership and, and, and getting together as one yep. and we showed that game was a perfect example down 12 nil against the Storm you think we get beat by 40 here yep. we're sitting behind the post and boys just look at each other and go we know what to do boys Like mm. there's a process here to stick to it and ended up getting the result which is really good yeah mate that, and, and which the is a way you got too. the result yeah yeah, you know, it wasn't just like two points or whatever. It was a pretty dominant display. Yeah, yeah, that was real good because we had a few um, good moments in that game, and um, I feel like our team sort of thrives off like a bit of um, aggression and like that's how you sort of get yourself into the game sometimes. About you know if you give away a penalty and there's a bit of emotion flying around, boys yeah. go right over in this like, um, and we had a few of them in that game too. So it was it was mm. a great game and it was good to beat them, mate. I remember um, watching you this year, and you know at the start, you know really good utility could 
could fill positions and and you know but i just remember there were certain like initially when your run your form started even on the reedy show we were like fuck fingers crossed and killed it and then the next week would be like fucking fingers crossed and killed it again <laughs> yeah um what, what did it feel like for you? When do you really feel like it clicked for you? What game felt like, all right, um, this, is, this is the way I play. I just got to stick to this kind of system. Um, I'd say that the Bulldogs game was, yeah, a good game for me because, you know, things just sort of were clear for me. I could see them just sort mm. of happening. Um, and then I'd say that Storm game, bro, like I, yeah. I was, um, I don't know what it was. You know, you just get some of those games where you're just, you're just on. Yep. You get some games where you're fucking not on and it's yeah. the worst together. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, that was a really, I just was really into the, in the zone that game and just sort of just tried to go after everything. I think coming, to, coming up against Harry Grant was a big sort of motivation because he's obviously the best nine in the game and mm. he's a, he's a freak. And I just sort of wanted to um, uh, compete with him and mm. um, at least just, you know, say I can keep up with him because yeah. he's on another level. So um that was probably a big game for me like just to get a bit more confidence saying i can i can keep up with the best in the game so yeah it was just yeah it was really good and what was it like experiencing you know you experience the bad side of social media but then you experience all the love from social media are you just like you're like you know what i'm not gonna let it get to me because i've dealt with the bad yeah um really good saying adam o'brien told me because obviously he would have yeah known what was going on he said if you're gonna let yourself read the good stuff you've got to read the bad so just don't read any of it yeah and Honestly, I wouldn't go through, if I had a good game, I would never go through the comments and try and find my name because as you said, if you're going to do that, you've got to do it when you're, you're playing shit. So I just don't do any of it. But the times like when you boys would, would mention me, my mates would send me what he said. And it was pretty cool. Like you guys have some pretty cool blokes on this podcast and big names. So when you guys like talk good things, it was like, oh, it's mad. So yeah, um, yeah, my mates would always send it to me because <laughs> they, just, they just love their footy. They yeah, love to see their sure. mate doing well. But Exactly. They're happy yeah, for you. Yeah. They're happy for you. Yeah. Um, and so I guess in your head now, and so you signed a three or four year deal this year. Three. Three year deal. Yeah. You must be sitting there going, yes. Yeah, a bit of security. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So in your head now, are you an out and out nine? You, that's where you want to be? That's where you want to play? Yeah, that's where I want to play. <clears throat> I think, yeah, nine suits me after the year I've had. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I haven't really had a preseason where I've just trained nine. Mm. So I think if I get one of those under my belt this year, it's only going to do me favours. So um and obviously browser's back too so there's competition there he wants to, he wants the nine i want the nine so yep. um it's only going to be good for both of us man but yeah like i definitely think i'm a nine it's where i want to play and i want yep. to start nine but um or anywhere in the team like i just love playing for the knights and yeah. with the boys so if i play 14 then so be it but that's yep. not my goal so in that that streak the 10 game streak it's 10 games yeah yeah What's a memory that sticks out the most for you? Is it, you know, rolling into a stadium? What's something that you that immediately comes to mind from that streak? The sold out crowds, man. Yeah. At the end, the last three games and like the feeling after you get when you win, just looking at the crowd going nuts, man. Like the Bunnies game, the Sharks game and the Storm, uh, the Canberra game, they were like the best moments of my career, man. Sold out, sold out crowd in yeah. Newcastle. Doesn't get better, man. Like just- yeah enjoying the win with the fans that have suffered so long and they're finally getting to see a team that is winning and, and doing well yeah. and to be a part of that i'm so grateful and i just love to like see them smiling and enjoying their footy as much who, as we were who, who's the toughest bloke to tackle this year like who's a player that you played or a game you play where you go this guy is a nightmare an absolute nightmare um nelson oh. he sucks i'll just try and grab one leg and Mate. hope some three other blokes come over the top he's so big <laughs> um, he's so big 
Justin Olin was pretty tough because he oh, just yeah. runs dead straight and yep. real hard. But um, yeah, there's a few boys like I sort of. Oh, Payne Haas, obviously that Broncos game, I, he could just kept eyeballing me, trying to find me, and <laughs> I would too because he's twice the size of me. But that was real tough as well. Yeah, there's a few boys, most of the middles because they're twice the size of me. Mate, it's so big these days. It's <laughs> yeah, a joke. It's and so Payne's big. fast and fit too. Like oh. some middles, they run it yeah a couple of times and then they sort of stop. But yeah. Payne just is eighty minutes just straight All day. Out, fast. He's hard. like a Terminator, right? <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> he's one of the best. Uh, what about on-field moment? Is there any like cool memories you have? Is it is it Dom Young flying down the wing? Is it Bradman Best going over against? I think the Shark. He's on that short ball from. Uh, Gamble or Hastings? Um, I would say, yeah, the Dom Young try was pretty cool. And actually, no, there was a, the, the Gags try before that, I think it was the same game. But Gags scored a try when um, the game was sort of in the balance and he sort of scored to make it like a pretty, not convincing, but like we looked like we are in a, in a good spot. And I remember yep. he, I was the first one there and just the, you know, when you get around your mate and the yeah. whole, you can just see the crowd, I was facing the crowd. That was a pretty cool moment, man. Yeah. Like, Especially Gags too. I've looked up to Gags and now I'm playing in a, in a final with him. He's and such a good bloke, eh? He's a legend, man. I've got a lot of time for Gags and yeah. Uncle Gags, we call him. So. What was it like being witness to KP's run, Dalian run? That was cool, man, yeah. Um, bro, those last 10 games, like, it was, yeah, KP was on fire and he was a massive part of why we won. And to see him um, at the Dalians get the medal, it was sort of like almost like well you know your, your team helped him get there so i was really proud to to see kp get that and i know jacko and, and punter toss gamble and, and myself we're really proud because we know we helped him as well so um yeah i was really happy for him and to see to be on the same team as him some of the things he did man was off its head so is it is, sort of is he the kind of guy that like you see what he does on a footy field but in a training field it's like crazy yeah yeah, yeah. um the thing with kp because people think he's just so relaxed and like just doesn't care which he doesn't like for not like just in life he's so cruisy and mm. and relaxed but he works so hard man like he's been training every day this off season like yeah well and he's just one of dalian it'd be so easy for him to say i need a rest like this like i've had a good year but bro he's honestly been training every day like yeah well he works so much harder than um people would think mm. and it's a, it's a full credit to kp because he doesn't although he's just naturally gifted he's yeah. also he works really hard on it too. Yeah. Really hard. Mate, I can't wait to see him at fullback this year. Far yeah, it'd be good to see him start there, not at number six. <laughs> yeah, oh, mate. Yeah. yeah. When that all got happened on the show, we were like, yeah. why? Yeah. Why? But yeah. Um, okay, so the next 12 months, everything happens perfectly for you. What, yeah. where, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, what do you mean? Just like what have you achieved? Like where do you oh, want to get to in regards to- I want to play rep footy, man. Yeah. Rep footy is a big thing for me, I think. A couple of years ago, I wouldn't have thought I'd ever be um, in a conversation to, to pull on a rep jersey. But now saying that I can do it, um, yeah, it's a big thing for me. I don't know who 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 I would um, decide to play for. Obviously, I've got to have another good year of footy and, and get picked again because mm. that's the first thing. But bro, rep footy is a massive goal of mine, yep. as it is for everyone. But having yeah, having a few phone calls off off the coaches and that knowing that I that I could have could have played which is um really special so hopefully mm. get to recreate that which is a big thing and obviously playing finals again for the Knights is obviously first and yeah. foremost yeah what was there any a period where you're like this this NRL thing might not work out or were you always pretty yeah. steadfast no nah, after that 2022 year man mm. um I had another year signed this year so I, I knew I'd be in the system but but honestly I was thinking there's going to be such a clean out of this team and I'm yeah. probably first on the list yeah, well. Not from anything the coaches said to me, but from listening to outside noise and, and mm. thinking you're not worth it. Mm. Um, 
yeah, bro, there were some sleepless nights there for sure, man. And I just bought a house and like, I didn't know if I was going to have money to keep it the next year or anything like that. Like, mm. bro, it's so stressful. Like, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say the 2020 U2 year was definitely a year where I was like, fuck this. The dream could be over, man. Yeah, but, well, yeah. Is, so did you go away 2022 and just train your absolute ass off yeah. heading into pre-season? Yeah, bro, off-season was just training. Like, I think we went to New Zealand for 10 days and then um, every other day after that was just was just training. And I was pretty lucky because Bradman, um, well, not lucky that he didn't have the year he wanted, but he was in the same mindset Okay. Um, that he wanted to just bounce back and, and train his ass off. Mm. Matt Croker was there, KP was there because no, the whole team didn't have a very, like the year we wanted to. Yeah. So there was just so much hunger in the team. Mm. So bro, the whole off season down at the, at the, um, at the park, there was just boys running, bro, just getting fit, stronger. Yeah, wow. So I was very lucky just to be in the same sort of mind frame as a lot of other boys. So yeah. it really helped me out. Yeah. We just, we just worked our ass off that off season, man. Isn't it? You know, you hear as you're a young fella, you hear all the cliches about you know hard work is the the key ingredient. Yeah, it just is. Man. It is, bro. Like Brady came back the first day of preseason, which was like the second of November. That's like he didn't have to. He could have gone three weeks later. And look at the year he had, man. He yeah. played Origin. Look how well he went in Origin. On fire, man. Like yeah. one of our best players. So like, yeah, it is a cliche, but definitely like, mm. definitely like hard work works. <laughs> now, ask all the boys this: favorite rapper of all time? Oh, Drake. Drake? As boring as that is, yeah, I'm going to say Drake. Okay, okay. The, ne the next generation, <laughs> it's all Drake. Yeah. It's all Drake. Yeah. It's all Drake. Sorry, man, it's boring as. No, no, it's all right. Do you like his latest album? I do, actually, yeah. A really? lot of people don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't I'm think just... he's released a good album for a while now. Yeah, I've a lot of people say that, yeah. yeah. I can see where you're coming from. <laughs> but you love I, I just love him too much. Every, he can put out the worst thing ever, and I'd still say it's the best. <laughs> Favourite movie of all time? Um, I guess Step Brothers. Yeah. Crack up. Or well, Wolf of Wall Street, so i got two. Yeah, I mean both. All time, yeah. Both goaded. All time, yeah. Both. The opening scene with Wolf of Wall Street, you're like, oh, okay, I know what I'm in for here. Yeah. I know, I know what yeah. I'm in for here. Even Step Brothers is a classic. <laughs> Me and Tex were just up for um, Mad Monday. Yeah. Them two, one year, it was fucking crack up. How was your Mad Monday this year? Tame, quiet, decent? Heaps quiet. Really? Nah, it was fucking, <laughs> bro, it was pretty good. We do Mad Monday well, eh? We, we're, pretty, we're pretty smart. We just... We just cruise, man. Yeah. 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 You just can't go out. No, nah, you can't, man. You can't. Nah. Especially when you're dressed up and yeah. you can't be seen like that, can you? So they're just um, waiting for it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we've got a good crew. We, we sort of just stick together and enjoy ourselves. Mate, uh, thank you so much for coming on, bro. And uh, I'll be watching closely and uh, massive good luck for the new season next Thanks, year. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well.